This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hey, Kathy, how are you today? Great. How about you, Vicki? I am good. I'm really excited for our guest today. He is someone that I recently met while serving together on a CSR panel discussion. His name is Josh Driver. He is super fun and funny, and he's so easy to talk to. And in prepping for this interview today, I did some trolling on the Internet, (laughs) and I loved how his LinkedIn description said, Quote, technology, corporate social responsibility, nonprofit, B Corp, Indiana, LGBT, equality, and bulldog enthusiast. Oh, my. <laughs> that, that's, that's good. It's yeah. good. It's deep. Um, and so I'm anxious to talk with Josh about how all of these interests intersect and inspire him in his entrepreneurial efforts. But first, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about Josh. He has been involved in volunteer programs and various nonprofits since he was in middle school and has accomplished some awesome results. I'm just going to name a couple um, that I thought were, were kind of fun. In 2014, in just 10 short weeks, he raised $42,000 while running for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Man of the Year. Right. Um, and he became the first person nationally to create a consistent brand for that with associated native mobile app, website, and social media channels for the campaign. And then in 2015, he launched Open for Service, which I think a lot of people in Indiana are aware of this. It was to help fix the perception of Hoosiers and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Um, In 2015, he also won Unite Magazine Man of the Year and uh, the DC Diversity and Small Business Award. Um, And, of course, the prestigious Myra Award he won in 2017, um, Community Champion of the Year. So um, Josh is, uh, he's a pretty well-awarded man here (laughs) that we're speaking with today. And he currently is the founder and president of Selfless Lee, and that's selfless.ly, which is an online platform that engages companies, organizations, communities, and its associated audiences to provide new, innovative ways of giving back. And the self-dubbed CSR in a Box manages and tracks donations, grants, and employee matches, plus offers a list of personalized volunteer opportunities. And Josh can tell us a little bit more about it, but um, I think the thing about Josh that I like so much is that he just believes that we need real change to help make the world a better place. And Selflessly is a platform that he hopes will make kindness more accessible and help people find new ways to participate. So, yay, Josh. Yay, We're so Josh. happy you're here. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. <laughs> and we have oh, it on well, tape. Oh, boy. You've yeah. got a pretty sad life there, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit, how did you start Selflessly? Uh since uh, starting open for service, uh, that was originally just supposed to be like a, a win back campaign just to, to fight that perception. And uh, like just a short maybe month or two, <laughs> just sprint. But there was so much growth that we decided to become a 501c3. And uh, that 
then I had to go out and fundraise and uh, figure out, you know, what do we need to do? How do we keep this sustainable? How do we support um, the organization? And uh, we we would go to the large companies in town and that that cycle to try to meet the right person or to apply for a grant just takes so long and we needed money immediately. So I started to look down down market to smaller local businesses and I spent a lot of time talking to them and they're like, well, corporate social responsibility, we're a local business, not mm-hmm. really a corporate, like that's not something that we have the resources to do. So uh, the more and more I spoke to these businesses, I'm like, I actually could. Like, I see that clearance bin of T-shirts. Like, I have a silent auction coming up. I could totally use those. Or my email template could use some revisions, creative agency. Uh, So a lot of my meetings turned into me innovating a CSR platform for them and not fundraising for my organization whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, but as the organization grew, the same stuff over and over again. I'm like, man, there just has to be some platform out there that can teach these people on the biz on the right. for-profit side how to do this. And a lot of the offerings out there are Fortune 100, super expensive um, platforms. And I just that, that that can't be right. Like businesses of all sizes can do this, and they want to. Uh, like Silver in the City is always donating profits and doing all kinds of stuff. Like if they can do it, like everyone should be able to. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, kind of the motive to do that. Um, and conversely, I was looking at volunteer opportunities on Volunteer Match, and it's the same stuff. And there are companies that are hungry to go out and do stuff in their community, but they haven't found things that uh, – fit into their box or that aren't inclusive of different personalities or abilities. So uh, trying to figure out how to more efficiently match both sides to come together in a platform was was where that was born. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Well, and since you have it on your LinkedIn profile, I have to ask you this question. We do ask everybody this question, but how would you define CSR? Or corporate social responsibility. Sure. So I think that uh, overwhelmingly it's uh, it's an authenticity of a company realizing that they owe it to their community, their space, their community, um, uh, to be be a part of it. And it's not just uh, you know writing a check necessarily. It's how can I look at my business and help with my culture and my employees and give back and be in the community, not just somebody that takes up space. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that CSR, uh, you know, that corporate, I'm trying not to say corporate anymore, I'm trying to say business social responsibility oh, because I yeah. think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there are a lot of companies or businesses that look at that term and they're mm-hmm. like, we're That's not, right. we're not mm-hmm. Lily, we're not Salesforce, what, what kind of mark yeah. can we make? And every every little bit helps. <laughs> so, right. so that that's what it is to me is really that um, that uh, step towards being more of an integral part of the community, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. What was the reaction that you got after Open for Service? 
<laughs> depends on <laughs> the on the side. Yeah. <laughs> um, but overwhelmingly positive. Uh, it, it definitely um, separated uh, the people who believe in diversity and the people that are checking the box. Um, definitely got a few death threats at times and people showing up at the house. Yeah, you had told me that. <laughs> but, oh. you know, you can't make everybody happy. Um, but overwhelmingly positive. And the interesting thing about the organization was that we had kind of operationalized the ally community. Um, obviously, the LGBT community continues to work on issues LGBT-focused. Um, but we stayed politically neutral, mm-hmm. as neutral as you can be in that situation, and uh, wanted to not make it about politics, but make it about, you know, these are your neighbors, these are your coworkers. These, it's, it, this isn't a, po- a political or religious argument. This is like, we got to support each other. So a lot of our initial community and, and funders were self-proclaimed conservative Christian Republicans, and but they didn't want to partner with an LGBT organization that was trying to perpetuate certain politicians or get into the political realm. Or You can be whoever you want to be, but at least just try to be more kind. And so that was the, the exciting part was that uh, we had a lot of business owners and a lot of people like I've never gotten into this space before, mm-hmm. but you know, it, you're right. We need to foster inclusivity. We need to just let people come in and shop or, or um, have the same access as everybody else. So that was like a cool, um, not a primary mechanism. At the, that wasn't a community that I, that I had targeted, but it was a great kind of a resolution Mm-hmm. There, that fine if Open for Service has to be that brand that people can associate with that may not feel like they're part of the LGBT community, then that's great. Let's get you onboarded. <laughs> Do you think that was your first foray into social entrepreneurship, or had you been interested prior to that? Um, uh, a couple years ago, back when we had, when there, um, we didn't have marriage equality, I'd started another kind of similar campaign that was um, called the Purple Hat Project. Um, and that was born out of um, uh, the need really to visualize what LGBT relationships and in, in families look like. Uh, to me, uh, I felt like if we could make it uh, make something visual and allow people just to be themselves, that maybe there'd be some understanding there without all of the political and media spin. Um, and so we did a, a photo kind of campaign where we just took pictures of, of all types of couples and uh, just to, you know, hey, we all have the same complaints about our relationships. We all have the same, uh, you know, positive moments. So why can't we just all exist in the same place? Um, but I've also always been, I was raised to just always, always be involved. And mm-hmm. if um, something's broken, figure out how to fix it. Um, so I always fall into these these uh, situations where I don't, I don't like to You're complain. The fixer. Yeah. Yeah. I just say complaining. I get it. We're all frustrated for different reasons, but we got to do, do something. something and let's let's figure out how we can use technology or, or whatever. So um, maybe not necessarily like the leader in social entrepreneurship at times, but definitely a promoter and and motivator for others to do it when the time was right. But now I guess it's my turn. (laughs) 
So when you when we talked previously about selflessly and and kind of expounding on that, right? You've really found five areas that are scalable for companies, right? When it comes to corporate social responsibility or business social responsibility, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, now that we're now that we're up and running. Um, uh, it changes. It's mm-hmm. it's based on so many company sizes, industries, the generation of the workforce. So it's a lot of variability. Um, but we want to be able to focus on several areas uh, uh, that are scalable. That a small five-person company up to a five-thousand-person company needs. Uh, so uh, our biggest thing is volunteer time off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, that's something that can be accessible for everybody. Um, and we give the control over to the employee. Uh, it's not managed by the business leader or CEO. This is giving em- that empowerment to the employees, which uh, we're seeing leads to more engagement uh, uh, in nonprofits by giving them the option. Um, and then donations. Uh, each employee has the ability to donate to whatever charity they want. We go a step further in managing the matching program if, they, if a company has one. Also a bonus compo- component, which is something I really like the idea of, is where they give X amount of money per month to each employee to go spend at nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we separate out monthly because there could be a another tsunami or a hurricane. So maybe I want to divert those funds for that month towards helping those victims. Um, uh, and then really that data we're continuing to use to, to populate skills, uh, the gamification uh, aspect, how do we challenge each other, whether it's between departments, is it between competing companies, which I'm hoping we can maybe get the, out, stroke yeah. the egos of <laughs> yeah. a few executives to try. Um, and then uh, really getting the government involved mm-hmm. as well. I come from an e-government background, uh, and um, I think everybody wins when businesses participate. Uh, you know, indie, like Indie Due Day and the It's My City campaign is a great representation of how businesses can come together to make a huge impact in mm-hmm. just one day. And so focusing on these different uh, user types or organizations, I think that there's a role that they can play together and make something mutually beneficial. And it's, it's not just business and nonprofit. Mm-hmm. There's so many different mm-hmm. intersections there that could make a better um, end product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my pet peeves is when just having worked in the nonprofit arena for so long is when I work with an organization or a board member who will say, Bus- or nonprofits really need to act like businesses. And my comeback is always, excellent organizations are excellent organizations, regardless of your profit orientation. Yes. So yeah, there's a lot to learn, I think, between the two. It's, it's too bad that we have, that that's the case. And so, right. And, and uh, you know, my hope is that we can take some of this business stuff off the plate and how can we make it more efficient right. for them to focus on their mission and be an actual <laughs> charity. And I know it, it gets hard at times. I'm guilty of it with Open for Service, but... Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen in mm-hmm. 30 days, in six months. So whatever you know, I can do to innovate and help make make it a more mission-based charity is I'm hoping that's that's a what Selflessly's role can fill. 
What are the long-term plans for selflessly? So uh, we're right now in the midst of adding more for-profits and nonprofits in the system uh, here locally so we can do some hand-holding, some feedback. What are our companies liking? What are they not liking? Is it not pretty? Is it functioning too slow? Um, and really kind of uh, getting all the, all the bugs out of the system. Um, our growth is really going to be through channel partners, so consultants out there, um, people in the space, fundraising consultants, associations that can offer this. Our pricing structure um, is easy to keep in the background and be a value add for a membership, so if Chambers of Commerce wanted to get involved. Um, and then also technology integration. We've had a lot of response from HR platforms and uh, PEOs uh, mm. like Insperity that want to just integrate this and be able to provide that to their clients. So ideally that's where our growth direction and scalability is going to come uh, instead of having to clone myself for every, <laughs> every metropolitan area in the U.S. Um, we really want to lean on being part of that. Um, onboarding experience for the employee, uh, which we think is important because uh, then that kind of hardwires into the culture that, hey, we have this program, it's available, you get X amount of money or these volunteer hours, and that's a core principle of our company. So hopefully that'll keep that hardwiring, maybe subconscious philanthropy um, in the back of the employee's mind, um, and they'll start thinking about that just as a normal task, like... Mm -hmm grabbing gas or going to the gym at night or whatever. So do companies pay by the month or by the year or how does that work? So they pay by the month and the way that we felt the easy that we could make the pricing uh, scalable was to work on a per seat price. Okay. So um, the higher volume of employees there's discounts at different sizes. Um, but uh, it starts at five dollars a seat. So if you're an, if you're five employees, that's twenty five bucks a month, which was within range. And a lot of HR software, a lot of technology out out there in a similar space, um, kind of sits on, in that scale. So it's easy to budget. And so we do month to month because we understand too that sometimes it's a rough quarter. Um, hopefully, we can keep that. Uh, discussion going. If you're having a rough financial month, maybe it's more volunteer hour heavy, less donation matching, or how do you, you can always reconfigure it. We're significantly less expensive than these Fortune 100 uh, platforms, and and intentionally so because we I think our our purpose is more so how can we get technology to companies that feel like they don't have anything out there for them. Um, it'd always be nice to have the lilies of the world as a customer, and we, if Lily's listening, we're happy to have you. Um, but <laughs> we're <laughs> but, not going to you know, turn that, you away. Yeah, that sales cycle and everything—it just it made such so much more sense for us to serve a group that isn't isn't around or doesn't have anything for them. So you all made the decision to. Um, seek B Corp certification yeah. as well as organized as a benefit corporation. Yes. And to my knowledge, you are the first company in Indiana to do both. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. Well, I'm pretty well, sure. Uh, American College of Education. 
They're both. From, I'm talking about from the inception. Oh, Sorry. from inception. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, you for you. making yeah. that clear. That American yes. college. Right. They're always trying to <laughs> steal my thunder. <laughs> yeah. She was on the panel with us. <laughs> yeah. um, that's true. Uh, what was that process like? I mean, we've we've had one pending B Corps on mm-hmm. our podcast before, but you have to go through, is it one or two years of being in business before you can actually get certification? One year. One year. Okay. Yeah. So you need one year of data. Yes. Um, and uh, that was a, a no-brainer to me. Um, I've worked at several companies over the years um, that really could have used some some culture um, change. And, uh, and I think that people are looking for more accountability from their leadership. And that was really the mechanism to go B Corp. Uh, for me to start a company and want to have a good culture and accountability and that transparency, so much of of those guidelines align with how mm-hmm. I feel businesses should run. Mm-hmm. That to me, it's not a it, it's not a revenue loser. It's not. It's more uh, our our goal is really here's our culture. Here's the standard we're holding ourselves to, and we expect that of our employees and investors mm-hmm. and anybody who interacts with the company. Uh, we definitely have curated the platform to help people start using that data and reporting that so they could become B Corps. Um, but we want to kind of destigmatize this whole process um, and, and uh, make it easier for people to, to get involved. Um, I've certainly been accused of taking the, the, the harder road at times, and maybe, and maybe that could be the case here, but I really feel like because we have built the business model around those guidelines, we're going to eliminate a lot of that, that bias or, or mm-hmm. that cost that people perceive mm-hmm. with being a B Corp. So that's my, <laughs> that's my hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we talked before this as well about uh, the accelerator program that you're involved in, and mm-hmm. and hopefully that will lead to investment dollars mm-hmm. into selflessly. Um, how has the benefit corporation status or B Corp status played into that, or have you really seen that yet? It it it's been. Uh, I won't lie. It's it's definitely um, been a barrier, depending on the group that we've we've spoken to. Uh, the accelerator group G Beta that we're a part of um, uh, didn't blink when we said it, but we've met with in potential investors that have kind of cringed Twitched. when they hear that. Um, and so uh, our pitch deck and a lot of our investor packets actually have an appendix that gives them kind of the why you should. Mm-hmm. And so when we start explaining it and then show our business model and where revenue is going to come back into play, then they start to get it. And um, I think uh, we have some more work to do. Uh, Indianapolis's tech community is, is thriving and growing, but... Also, they're looking for who's going to be that hero, and not mm-hmm. just for selflessly, but social impact investing and social entrepreneurship in general. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if anybody has really kind of stepped up to be that like hero investor yet. Um, certainly, Jane Martin, if you're familiar with her, she um, is a retired VC executive, and she was one of the first investors in B Corp or B Corp, the um, B Lab. Um, the the beekeeping. Oh, the bee technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yes. Um, so she's she's trying to do that, and there's some companies here that are starting to 
wrap their head around what that looks like. But I do think that there is a ton of traction and a lot of motivation to get started. It'll just be interesting to see who that. Mm, that's so interesting. So in your index in the back, I'm imagining all kinds of statistics. Is that mainly what it is? Or it, is it literally an explanation it, of how to go, how it goes full circle? Both. It depends on the we, I do a lot of due diligence on who we're speaking to. Some people are analytics, so they want to see those numbers and pie charts. Some people want to hear the story and see the impact. Mm-hmm. So we have two versions, one that's the pie charts and Excel and, and data. And so then, do you have them take a Myers-Briggs before so you know what right. <laughs> I just I don't give it to them until the end of the meeting, and I just kind of listen. And you got listen, both handy like, in your oh, way. Oh, you're a numbers guy, and deck B is right. going to be your friend. So, <laughs> so it, you know, people respond to it differently, and uh, um, but I think I think we're getting there. I think we'll see some huge leaps and bounds in the next few months. Mm-hmm. That's great. That. Yeah, no, that's that's – you know, I, I think Indianapolis, you know, being in the Midwest, it's just going to be slower to happen here. Yeah, I'm used to that. Being, you know, <laughs> so that's something I know very well, and that's fine. But um, but we're hoping to be very public about our journey through it. Um, that's and, great. And even talking about it, you know, in, in channels like this. Um, has really been helpful. We've had a lot of people like, I've always seen that, but I don't know what it is. I know Patagonia. I know Ben and Jerry's, mm-hmm. but what is that? So mm-hmm. being able to kind of show that in a relatable way, mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping we'll get more people to continue to consider that, right. especially out of the gate when they're starting a company. Well, yeah, I love exactly. hearing the way that you talk about this in terms of making it um, cor- business social responsibility or some of these you know, great terms more approachable for businesses because that's certainly what we've found in the past is that companies are actually doing this they don't really know that what they're doing is this or Mm -hmm. called something and then there's a whole debate about what you call it and so um, I think that that's really exciting what you're doing figuring out um, even smaller companies smaller entrepreneurs about how is it that we can really you know help others outside of ourselves while continuing to, you know, have thriving businesses, too. So that's really cool. Yeah. So what advice would you give to our listeners um, if they were trying to start a CSR program or improve upon it? I think that we owe it to our communities to always figure out what we can do. There's no right answer, like you should be allocating X amount of your revenue Mm -hmm. and and X, Y, and Z, but always as you're building your business model and reevaluating that, whether it's annually or quarterly, what can we set aside? How can we, how can we do something? Even if it's as a team, uh, there's so many things, and, and even a little goes a long way. And open for service, we had an accountant do two hours of work, and that was like moved me to tears. Mostly because we didn't have any money, but also because <laughs> you know it saved a lot of time for me. Um, and so I think uh, getting businesses to realize that they can do a lot more with a lot of different charities, um, I think is is really where. Where it can be, every company can do something, and uh, uh, an expectation-free. Like just always consider in the back of your mind, what could you be doing? And it's as simple as even promoting a nonprofit on your Facebook or something. Yeah. Uh, that stuff makes a difference. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so let's find out where people can. I said it earlier in the intro: selfless. Period. Ly. <laughs> um, and what other 
social media accounts and things do you want to give our listeners? Yeah, we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook uh, at Give Selflessly. Somebody took selflessly on Twitter and is sitting on it. But um, but yeah, give but selflessly. But I like that, give selflessly. I thought I saw a hashtag live selflessly somewhere too. It does. So which we, is really a good hashtag. We have different campaigns that we're going to start okay. about living, giving, uh, thriving, uh, because uh, – we really want to have that subconscious philanthropy and get that going. So mm-hmm. how, how can we, how can I be on my way home and do something that would significantly help a nonprofit or a community? Uh, so you'll be seeing that soon as we do a little bit more curation of those different kind of thought processes mm-hmm. um, and helping connect the dots uh, for how we all could be doing more and without spending more time or more money necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, at Give Selflessly and selfless.ly is our, is our main website. Okay. So hopefully easy enough for people to find. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think so. But I did want to say the period yes. L-Y. selfless.ly. Okay. <laughs> well, well, thank Josh, you yeah. yeah, for coming in today and sharing so much with, uh, with us and our listeners. Sure. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks. Let's give a big thank you to Matthew Sosi, our podcast engineer. You can visit the Taking Care in Business website at takingcareinbusiness.com. Or just visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Taking Care in Biz. That's Taking Care in B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at any time at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today and... Until next time, take Take care care in in business. business.